Welcome to Buenta Vista, episode 96. Uh, coming at you live-ish on this recording uh, that we prepared earlier, but has been sent to you and you are now listening to live in whatever space that you're in. But let's not get into just trying to understand the nature of time, things having been recorded before the fact and all that kind of stuff, uh, because we've got the whole crew on deck. I'm Andrew. I'm joined by Ben. Hello, Ben. Hey. I don't know if you had to explain the concept of a podcast. Well, now, do you want to get into explaining the concept of a podcast? No, I, I just know. don't feel like it was necessary. I think most people understand sort of like the order of events maybe, that happen. Maybe they do. It's very presumptuous of you. That's fine. A lot of assumed knowledge um, that you're going into this with. If you're listening to this and you don't understand, feel free to at Theo, that's at Ayn Randy on Twitter and ask him and he'll explain it to you. Hmm. Um, or send him an email, Theo at Buntavista.com. Uh, I think that we should just use the the labeling that Miranda Devine uses for her show, which is, I believe, um, live internet radio <laughs> is what is what Miranda That's Devine so first her podcast as. Is it live though? <laughs> because that might make the crucial difference in whether or not that makes sense. Well, it's live when she records it, much like this show. It, it's live mm. right now. Anything yeah. could happen. Mm. It's like mm. Saturday Night Live. Someone could ruin one of the jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about the worst thing that's ever gone wrong on Saturday Night Live. I don't think like... Has anyone, anyone ever said the N-word on SNL? Yes. Well, yeah, but never by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're asking about the N-word. Is Theo. Hello, Theo. Hello. Hello. Coming at us from uh, sunny Queensland, home of the N-word. I, I don't think we invented <laughs> Australia. It's on the license plates, though. Why would you put it on the license plates if it were? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It was weird when we moved from the smart state to home of the N-word, but it did seem <laughs> to make more sense. Mm. Um, it really went down well with the populace. And... Coming at us via the big satellite phone from Hawaii, it's Lucy. Hi, just glad to not be involved in the Edward conversation for once. It's nice. <laughs> oh, there's none of that in America, so you're all Not sorted. introduced by you or not pointed at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a rare, <laughs> rare occurrence. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, look, folks, I know you might be thinking to yourself, uh, mentions of the N-words, Yikes, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, lucky for you, we're only here to talk about Australian politics. And there's no um, unpleasantness, uh, just upsetting racism, constant constant diatribes by horrifying people. In Australia? Uh, really? It's, it's just it's sarcasm. Lucy. Whatever do you I, mean, I, I need Andrew. to use the sarcasm font. <laughs> <laughs> Slash S. Um, no, I'm, of course I'm kidding. It's Australian politics and it's riven with racism, uh, dog whistling, dog bullhorning, dog foghorning. Um, dog, dog horning. Dog air horning. Hornied for dogging. Mm-hmm. 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 In the case mm-hmm. of Chris Kenny. That's more kind of British. Hey, yo. Um, Got him. Mm. Good old Chris Kenny. Uh, I see now that, um, now that Alice Workman has moved from... Uh, BuzzFeed to the Australian uh, She now has a, a podcast Of talking to Chris Kenny about stuff No She's cancelled yeah. I'm so sorry yeah. she's cancelled wow, Chris Kenny explains explains global warming To Alice Workman uh, Is that 
Is that a real example? Yep. Cool. Yep. Oh, boy. Mm. Australian media. Where oh, everything's God. perfect and it all works fine. So, speaking of uh, Australian media, we had we had another Fraser Anning press conference. And those always go really well. Whether it's a press conference, whether it's a maiden speech to the Senate in which you describe your intended final solution for immigration. Things are always looking sunny um, with massive, massive racist dipshit, Fraser Anning. Now, I'm trying to remember where, where we kind of would have left Fraser Anning last time we talked about him on the show. Egged. The egg I'm boy? assuming egg. it was the egging. The left egging? him egged, yes. Yes. Let him be egged. Uh, so, since then, he's announced that he's running a whole bunch of candidates in the upcoming federal election. Uh, and he, he's announced some new policy, I believe. He announced some, some new policy at a press conference. The press conference, weirdly enough, was attended by some journalists. Uh, they asked some questions that he didn't like. So, his fans then um, did things like followed the female reporter out of the venue and back to her car, yelling at her about her tits, um, and also got into a, a, a punch-on with the photographer from the, um, from the network that she was from. Who was shockingly ripped. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the images well, of the Well, his shirt was shockingly ripped. Hey, right. yo. Also, his body. He was ripped. All right. I'm just saying, if anyone saw the images of the photographer, uh, that guy was cut like a cut glass bowl. I don't know if I agree, but we'll let the people be the judge. Folks, I know, uh, if you do see the pictures... Photos, I might look at them again. <laughs> if you I'm do sorry, see the he pictures, was ripped. He was ripped. Thank you, Lucy. Oh, mm. Jeez. All right. Apparently Andrew's got very high standards for what counts as ripped. Yeah, I just don't know if you guys understand what ripped means. What does ripped mean? What does shredded mean, you know? Has that guy gone through his cut? Has he um, has he reduced all of his water content? Like all the guys who are really out there, working hard. Like dear sweet <laughs> lover of the show, Joss, you know? Now uh, Joss well, is ripped. He's Joss ripped, ripped and shredded. Yeah. This guy's just ripped. I don't think he's shredded. Mm, I don't I think, think anyone's accurate. trying to claim that he's shredded. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bought that up out of nowhere. No How one was. No <laughs> one was saying the S word. But anyway, look up the photos. Uh, Gaze hey. upon them. Yeah, I thought. I believe charges have been laid against uh, the uh, big piece of shit who took a swing at him, tore his shirt, exposing his ripped body to the to the community. Anyway, uh, so thank you. Uh, there's uh, like a there's a photo of the guy that did it. Of the, well, who allegedly did it? Uh, he didn't do it though. Uh, but the the nineteen year old Fraser Anning supporter who did it, and he's just like staring straight into the camera, doing a little shitty smile. Oh, I know he looks like a DreamWorks mustache. guy. It's terrible. Mm. This little little, just like a hint, just a ghost of a moustache that was making me very mad when I was looking at it. Again, very high when I was looking at the photos last night, but hmm. hated it. Someone should shave that man. Now, of the policies that were being announced, I believe that um, Fraser Anning posted about this onto Twitter. The tweet seems to have since disappeared. I'm wondering if it got reported for some kind of reason. Theo, can you read out to us uh, the policy that was announced by Fraser Anning? 
Well, I know I reported the tweet, but I never got a thing back saying that it was removed, so maybe he deleted it. I don't know. Doesn't seem like a thing he'd do. Um, So he says, uh, Today I was at Cronulla announcing candidates for New South Wales. As you know, this area is the Prime Minister's seat, and there's been all sorts of problems here with the Muslim immigrants who have come here and attacked people. The people of Cronulla and New South Wales are very concerned about Muslim immigration, and they have every right to... My party will ban all Muslim and black immigration and ensure safety for Australians once more. Hmm. So you remember we were kind of in the Prime Minister, the the Waleed Ali episode. We were talking about how he uh, wouldn't say whether he would preference them dead last, wouldn't commit to it or anything like that. Um, I mean, they've since committed to that, so that's so that's nice. Have but it's they nice though? that they, yeah. I'm, um, well, the the Liberal Party have, but I know that there are some standouts uh, in in Queensland, um, of course, um, who are not yet dedicated to that. So this is the kind of shit that we're kind of preferencing above the Greens, I guess, who want to. I don't yeah, know. It doesn't seem like it compares. So there, there are definitely politicians in Australia who, due to their desire to hold power at any and all costs, um, are basically willing to say to the electorate that uh, having, at this point, open white supremacist policies uh, getting bandied about, that that is um, as bad as the Greens saying, we should have a carbon price. Hmm. You know? Maybe we shouldn't live on Hellworld in 20 years. Yeah, but in an all-white country. Um, yeah, so... Uh, it's just that, weird how we've what? gone from, like, Islam is not a race to straight up, we don't want any black people here. We're just we're just saying yeah. that now, apparently. Yep, yep. Um, cool. It really didn't take long to get from one to the other. And I, I think... I genuinely think that, like, Fraser Anning's whole deal is a very... uh, Him specifically, not his his candidates. His candidates are, like, the usual sort of dregs of of the people that they couldn't uh, get in for, like, one nation, you know? But, um, but yeah, he's, he's genuinely a very sort of interesting case of just, like, saying the most awful shit but just kind of uh just slowly slowly getting into it like a hot bath you know just dipping a toe in like leaving the leaving the best till last well yeah just just starting off with oh i i i care about um muslim immigration but islam's not a race to yeah this just naked we want to ban all black immigration um, not even, not even remotely making reference to any any specific like, you know, community, any ethnicity. Any, Apparently, any... he clarified and said that he meant the Sudanese community, uh-huh. which makes it so much better, you know. Yeah, way better. Way better. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and, as though anybody believes that, like, that he did just mean the Sudanese community. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're all quite aware he would be perfectly happy to ban any and all uh, black people from coming into this country, especially when his recently announced party's policies um, do straight up just read like we must secure a future for the for Australian children. 
all that kind of stuff. Very cool. Very classy. Uh, speaking of classy, he is running uh, a number of candidates with colorful histories. We have, for example, um, from this story in City Morning Herald by Sally White, um, the lead Senate candidate for Fraser Anning's Conservative National Party in the ACT is a veteran who assaulted a police officer and choked an RSPCA inspector in Canberra in 2015. Uh, Shane Van Duren pleaded guilty in the ACT Supreme Court in May 2017 to assault and strangulation. Ooh. <laughs> That's, that one's got to be... You don't want to be putting your hand up for that one in court, do you? Yeah, I'm the strangulation I plead guy. guilty to strangulation. It seems weird to me... That we have a, a separate, uh, that's a separate charge for strangulation. To me, that's like a, a part of assault. It's not like he assaulted me and also he slapped me, or he assaulted me and then he did a karate chop on me. Those are just kind of parts of the assault. Yeah, I wonder if um, uh, here we are again, the finest legal minds working <laughs> working out the issues. Um, <laughs> But I wonder if it's similar to like uh, to like with sexual assault, where there are some acts that kind of get called out as individual charges due to severity in relation to 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 the act. You know what I mean? Um. Anyway, so he was given a suspended prison sentence of two years and six months, as well as two hundred hours of community service. Um, so the offences occurred when police and RSPCA inspectors were trying to seize his companion dog, a Belgian Shepherd, Belgian Shepherd, the most racist of dogs, mm. uh, named Kalu, which he had freed from an RSPCA shelter. Uh, the dog was handed to the RSPCA after he was found wandering the streets, looking thin, according to court documents. After Kalu was taken, Mr. Van Duren sliced through three wire fences to let the dog out of the RSPCA's headquarters in Weston. A very normal thing to do, to just head on down there and... Um, so, when you, when you say he freed it from the RSPCA... He liberated it. He liberated it. He... I feel like they've just glossed over that he, point. He great escaped the dog. <laughs> what, he put it on a, a motorcycle and yeah, he, made he it Hogan, jump the wall? Yeah, he Hogan's heroed <laughs> this dog out of there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um... Yeah, like, it, it wasn't like he, he went in there and, like, just barged his way in and grabbed his dog. It was he literally just cut through every fence that was in his way. And we can only assume that he was dressed fully in black, mm-hmm. black-faced. Definitely. Night operation, you know, no lights. The the, the kind of short black beanie that, um, uh-huh, that like, a Navy SEAL would wear. It rolls down into a balaclava, but he wanted to do the blackface by choice. <laughs> he, only, he only used, <laughs> he used the uh, balaclava as a stencil. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> all right. When two police officers and two RSPCA inspectors went to his house to retrieve the dog, Mr. Van Duren refused to give him up. The situation turned violent, and Mr. Van Duren punched a police officer in the face and choked an RSPCA officer who was holding a can of capsicum spray. Quote, I was only charged with assault because there's no self-defense for police brutality, Mr. Van Duren said. Where's the lie? Where's the lie? I pleaded guilty because I could have let her go sooner, he conceded. Wow. Woo! Okay. 
Mr. Van Duren said the situation was exacerbated by the actions of the officers and inspectors. Yeah, they were trying to arrest me. <laughs> um, no, he says, no one ever gave me any lawful direction I could comply with. Uh, Mr. Van Duren said the case wasn't relevant to his Senate run, just hand-waving away his legal complications, and his dog had been returned to him. Quote, if no one in the Senate brings a malicious case and steals my dog in front of my children, I probably won't choke anybody there, he said. And I feel like probably in that sentence is doing a lot of heavy lifting. A lot of hard work mm. from the probably there. I kind of feel like nobody asked if he was going to choke anybody in the Senate but before he said But now I feel this. like he might, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want to rule anything out. I well, think his, like, his main um, like thing is just wanting to seem consistent on the issues. So if he mm. says that he's not going to choke someone in the Senate, and then at a later date he chokes someone in the Senate, that could be seen as, you know, sort of... Just a bit, bit wishy-washy, I think. Yeah. You know? Oh, my goodness. Uh, he said he had served his 200 hours of community service and wasn't sure if his suspended sentence was still in place. <laughs> Probably not something you want to stay on top of. Uh, he said that he hadn't explored if it affected his eligibility to run for the Senate because the question on the Electoral Commission form didn't ask about suspended sentences. Once again, we've got candidates doing um, all their homework here. Now, they, they really kind of bury all of the good stuff right at the bottom of this story. <laughs> he was also involved in his brother Owen Van Duren's escape from a Thai jail by sailing on a yacht to Darwin last year. What? Amazing. <laughs> this is fantastic. He said he couldn't comment on that case, which is a shame. Um, yeah, apparently there's, there's a whole other thing you can read about with this guy's brother, Owen Van Duren, um, being busted out of a Thai jail. Uh, and then stealing away on a yacht with his extremely racist brother. Um, so, you know, you don't want to tar people by association, but I'm going to assume that his brother's a piece of shit too. Probably. Uh, Mr. Van Duren said he was running for Senator Anning's party because he supported nationalism. Now, this is the last line of this story, uh, is this quote. The key points of this election are globalism under an agenda of Islamification or nationalism under an agenda of freedom, he said. Wow. Whew. Those are the options. Some eye-watering nationalism right at the bottom there that nobody has asked him about. Um, I'll be honest, I don't think it's going to be a big deal because um, it seems like he doesn't know anything about you know what what he's running for or anything anyway but also he's totally just going to get disqualified immediately if he were to get voted in um and also it's the act so he won't um this, i feel like i feel like the act is one of the only areas where i can confidently say there is no way the white nationalist guy is going to get voted in that's nice you want to have at least one place where that's true at least one place you know yes this election is going to be a nightmare yeah, yeah. I mean, Fra yeah, Fraser Anning's running all of these candidates, and um, and yeah, they're just they're they're all literally the people who were like too shit for one nation to run, or too disqualified for one nation to run. Um, now some of the some of the uh, friends of the show and legal minds 
basically said, oh, well, if he's got a suspended sentence in place, then yes, he is absolutely disqualified. Um, also, he doesn't even know if it's still in place and he's running anyway. <laughs> All very good stuff. Um, there is also another candidate that he is running in... Uh, where is it? Oh, in Bendigo. Now, this person might get, might get voted in. Um so, far-right Senator Fraser Anning's candidate for the central Victorian seat of Bendigo says that she has been, quote, illegally and unlawfully declared bankrupt. <laughs> what? Defending her decision to nominate in contravention of Section 44 of the Constitution. Uh, former Bendigo councillor and anti-mosque activist Julie Hoskins' Australian Electoral Commission nomination form shows she has ticked the yes box in relation to the question, are you currently an undischarged bankrupt or insolvent? Ms. Hoskins' answer raises questions about why the Commission has allowed her to nominate, given it is illegal for undischarged bankrupts to do so under Section 44 of the Constitution. A spokesman for the AEC told the Australian the Commission, quote, has no legal power in this case to reject the nomination. An excerpt of Ms. Hoskins' form supplied to the Australian shows she has also provided an answer for the supplementary question, if yes, please provide any relevant details. Uh, I am not insolvent and should not be a declared bankrupt. This is an injustice and a wrongful decision, Ms. Hoskin has written. I have been illegally and unlawfully declared bankrupt. Well, that'll sort it out. You gonna, like, elaborate on that? No, like, how can you be illegally declared bankrupt? I don't know how um, bankruptcy works. It sounds like something from Monopoly. You know, it sounds fake. <laughs> oh, well, apparently, in, in her case, what had happened was that, um... She, she had, it was one of the people who was like, um, taking the, taking the case to try and stop a mosque from being built in Bendigo, like all the way to the high court. Um, so they had been legally trying to stop a mosque from being built in Bendigo that had, you know, followed all of the correct planning applications and permits and all that sort of stuff. And the only reason that a bunch of people in Bendigo were objecting to it was because it's a mosque. Um, and they, they, they don't want Muslim people in their community, um, which, of course, is not a reason for a thing to not be built. Um, but they, it, was, it was a whole thing for quite a while. I think there's, there's quite a community of um, shitty racist anti-Islamic activists there um, who... I, I feel like the, there's a lot of people from there that they bus in for, like, the racist rallies in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so yeah, she she was part of that whole thing and at every every step of this legal case, um they've been told, Nope, sorry, you're allowed to build a mosque. Like you can't you can't uh you know, have have one whole type of person drummed out of your community because they're a religion you don't like. Get the fuck out of here. Um and so they they've kept taking it to higher and higher levels of the court. And at every stage, they're getting rejected and told, cool, now you have to pay costs uh, for the other people. So, you know, they have like over $600,000 worth of legal fees that she has to pay, um, which she can't, which is why she is now an undischarged bankrupt. Right. Uh, so it sounds like the issue kind of took care of itself then. Yep. Sounds pretty legal. Hmm. Hmm. 
And of course, she can nominate herself for this thing and she can run and then if elected, she will be immediately disqualified, much like the other guy who um, still has a suspended sentence going. So, uh, yeah, he, he got a two and a half year suspended sentence at like the end of 2017 and he was like, oh, I don't know if it's still, if it's still in effect. I haven't looked into it. It's like, well, it happened less than two and a half years ago and nobody's told you otherwise, so... I know we've commented on this before, but there's like a whole world of relatively normal people and we're relatively normal people and we're just sort of walking around doing like relatively normal stuff and then you have the Fraser Anning Party or, you know, One Nation or whatever of these backwards parties you want to choose and all they have to do is assemble a handful of people that haven't committed significant crimes against <laughs> dogs or the law or an RSPCA worker. Like, the bar is, is it's right down there as far as just selecting a bunch of normal people who can uh, be elected technically if they get the votes. And uh, this is what you get. Yeah, they, they can't even assemble a team of people who are eligible to be elected, let alone, like, electorally <laughs> feasible, you know? <laughs> Uh, Miss Hoskin has failed to return repeated calls from the Australian, but Senator Anning said she had fully disclosed her situation. She marked, yes, she didn't try to hide anything, Senator Anning said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Miss Hoskin's case is similar to that of former WA One Nation turned independent Senator Rod Cullerton. Oh, yes, baby. Rod. Rod. He's back, by the way. Well, he's trying, isn't he? He's trying. But he is still an undischarged bankrupt, so he still can't run. He's also, I think, been referred to the AFP for uh, referring to himself as a senator when he is not. <laughs> so good. Oh, um, yeah, if, if folks, if you're not aware of Rod Carlton, um, we used to talk about him a lot on the show when he was still popping up everywhere. Uh, but he was somebody who was elected on the One Nation ticket and then... Um, defected and turned independent when he couldn't get along with Pauline Hanson, as everybody who is elected for One Nation does. Um, and then due to various, like, um, Section 44 disqualifications, was ejected from office, and then he just continued turning up at the Senate for, like, months afterwards. It just everything he did was perfect. Like, he got, he got <laughs> removed because of Section 44... But by something that happened before he was about to get removed for another Section 44 thing. So he was meant to have, at the time that he was elected, he had been sentenced of a crime. Well, he'd received a sentence of more than one year for stealing the keys from a rental truck that was trying to be repossessed from his house and throwing them away. (laughs) And then he had a court declare him bankrupt because of his ongoing, his business was being liquidated or something. And then, at the time that uh, they were, he was falling out from Polly Dance, and there was that incredible clip where he was like standing in front of this stack of uh, like mugs, and a reporter's like, "How's your, how's your relationship with Pauline?" And he's trying to be like, "Oh, it's fine," and he knocks over like twenty of them, <laughs> <laughs> and then he got into a fist fight. Uh, on camera like a couple of months later and then yeah yeah. he just kept like popping up at parliament house and being like I will never leave referring to himself as senator in exile 
which he still does when he it's re-nominated so for Parliament. He put that down as his occupation. It's such a divorced dad move. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Great stuff. Great stuff. Um, he's but his uh, his platform for getting re-elected is that he believes that the Australian government uh, is illegitimate and that Commonwealth law is the only thing that applies in a. Oh, yeah. he's a he's a so he's a sovereign citizen, dude, isn't he? Yeah, but he's also like this weird uh, British law is the only law thing. It's very fucking strange. It's such a it's such a weird deal. That whole kind of. Um, I think I, I made some kind of reference to this on a recent episode, like, uh, you know, people in the in the states who are like, ah, oh, because of how some amendment on the Constitution is worded, technically no one has to pay tax. Like, people who just pick some kind of event from the past and decide that that is this turning point at which, like, you know, the, the entire legal foundation upon which your country is built just doesn't apply to you. Oh, the, like there was if, a, if you, a comma in the, the second sentence of the Constitution, which means it's all illegal. Yeah, it's like it's like sovereign citizens. It's like the am I being detained people, people who think that there is like this um, this unknown magical combination of words you can say that will completely like disarm the police and the government from interfering in your life. If it's all the um, it's all the. <laughs> Uh, did you know that the real phone number for the police is 912 kind of vibe? <laughs> it's that if a cop pulls you over and you say, I'm a person, not a name, they have to let you go. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And of course, um, if anybody out there is interested, um, you can look at, you can look online for other disqualified One Nation Senator Malcolm Roberts. Um, who wrote, who had written several years beforehand, a long and absolutely wild letter to Prime Minister at the time, Julia Gillard. And that entire thing is, um, it's all written in, in the sovereign citizen language of like, using like, um, like semicolons and hyphens and stuff and all caps in people's names because they believe that like, um, you know, there's, there's the version of you that is like, uh, treated as an asset by the corporation that is the government. And then there's the real you and you have to refer to the real name the right way. And he writes like a big 20, 20 page long letter to Julia Gillard demanding that she like prove that climate change is real to his satisfaction and then joust with him or whatever. Um, great stuff. Great times. <laughs> it, uh, in, in 2011, Roberts wrote an affidavit to then Prime Minister Julia Gillard addressing her as the woman Julia hyphen Eileen colon Gillard acting as the Honourable Julia Eileen Gillard demanding that she sign mm, a contract yes. exempting him from paying the carbon tax and compensation of up to $280,000 if she didn't but, provide but, uh, him the, the disclosure of 28 points. But the way it's written is like in to the woman Julia <laughs> It's all super weird and yeah, it's it's absolutely like like people who think that they are like writing a magic spell. Like you you have to do these very specific invocations in order to to defeat and disarm the government. Um, and as you can see, that worked out great for him, and everything's gone perfect. Uh, and of course, the last candidate for Fraser Anning's party that we have any news about is um, David Archibald, who stood against former Foreign Minister Julie Bishop in 2016 for the Australian Liberty Alliance, 
before trying his luck for one nation in the Pilbara at the last state election. He's emerged on Senator Anning's upper house ticket in WA when nominations were declared on Wednesday. Uh, now, of course, you may remember this guy that we had spoken about before because in 2015, an essay the geologist and climate change skeptic urged the government to stop funding lifestyles such as single motherhood and disability pensioners. Uh, quote, The first thing that springs to mind is single motherhood, Mr. Archibald wrote in Quadrant. Of course, he fucking wrote it in Quadrant. Uh, These are women too lazy to attract and hold a mate, undoing the work of possibly three million years of evolutionary pressure. boy. (laughs) This will result in a rapid rise in the portion of the population that is lazy and ugly. So, uh, now, I don't know if I, if I need to, um, if I need to say it, but if you happen to look at a picture of Senate candidate David Archibald, try and guess whether or not he is a sterling specimen of humanity. Try to guess if he's a beautiful man. Is he an oil painting, Andrew? (sighs) Hey, I've actually um, got one more, if we've got time. Oh, another candidate. Just snuck it in at the last moment. Um, Go on. It's the kebab guy. I don't know. It sounds like we've got two more. Um, Oh, good. (laughs) So this is a story I heard about um, last year. Um, So there's a there's a longstanding conference um, for like um, computer science called the International Conference on Advances in Computer Entertainment, uh, which was to be held in Montana. Last last year, but it was Montana? taken over. Montana. Sh- look, we don't need to get into. <laughs> don't need to get distracted. Uh, which person did, didn't say Montana? Um, I think that's just because you're bilingual. You got confused between the Spanish Montana and Montana, and you, you know, because you're like a man of the world. That so. is exactly what has occurred here. It's definitely it. Um, so this this conference got taken over by a bunch of shitlords. And they attempted to merge it or co-locate it with the International Congress on Love and Sex with Robots. What? Um, They then invited Steve Bannon to be the keynote speaker at uh, the the first, the computer entertainment uh, conference. I don't know about you, but when I think robots and AI... Mm -hmm. I think Steve Bannon, Bannon, um, a... Bad when robot whose AI is currently failing. When I think things that almost look human but don't and it makes me hugely uncomfortable causes revulsion, I think Steve Bannon. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bunch of the speakers at that, uh, you know, who are uh, normal people, um, you know, nerds with PhDs that have research and all that kind of stuff uh, went, oh, that sucks, I'm out. Um, so everybody left and then they didn't have a conference. Uh, from there, um, a man named Adrian Chok, um, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that, that wrong, that's C-H-E-O-K, um, said that uh, they bl- he blamed it on what he called an anti-free speech fascist style mob, and the behavior of people opposed to Mr. Bannon's presence was very similar to the campaigns of book burning in Nazi Germany. Uh, oh, absolutely. The, the decision to cancel was a tragic moment in the history of human civilization, uh, they said in an unsigned rant on the conference website, but I have said it's Adrian that said this because of what came out after this. Um, so all, all very... 
um, all very weird. Um, it turns out um, Adrian has resurfaced first as a uh, candidate for the Clive Palmer United Party uh, in South Australia. He got mysteriously dropped from that. I haven't actually been able to find out why. Uh, and then he has popped back up with uh, Winchino, the Fraser Anning party. So, uh, sex robot guy, um, maybe just give up at this point, I think. Uh, d- d- is he also the one who developed a, an online kissing machine? <laughs> oh, he, he might be. It, it, it sounds like that would be exactly the same guy. I know we were talking about this, but I don't think that... Because I, I was sort of... I didn't realise until about 10 minutes ago that... Um, he had defected to Fraser Anning's party. I know we were talking about that on on Messenger a few days ago, and I can almost guarantee it's the same guy. Oh dear, oh dear! Great, uh, great candidates as always, and like I said, it's it's genuinely just all people who like th- couldn't even run for like Palmer's party, couldn't run for One Nation uh, due to either. Huge, huge personality problems, um, the inability to say anything without immediately tripping over their dick and falling face first into a big pile of racism. Well, just Uh, sewer mutations. Yeah. And here they are. Here they are running again. And that's great news. Uh, Now, folks, I know that we like to read out the odd opinion piece here. And I think it's time that we we got into the, the finance market. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yep. We're all financial geniuses. Big one, time. One and all. Big time money geniuses. Because we have here an article uh, written by Adele Ferguson, who, according to the, the Sydney Morning Herald, the Adele Ferguson, uh, who, according to the Sydney Morning Herald, um, Adele Ferguson comments on companies, markets, and the economy. And Adele does have a comment on a company. Um, this Easter. Now, <laughs> this this very much strikes me as they've put it they've put it in the banking and finance section <laughs> of on the categories of the Sydney Morning Herald: business, bi- banking, and finance, retail. <clears throat> Clearly, something terrible has happened to Adele, and I'm going to share that with you now. If um, if everybody's ready, Are we all. We already. Are you guys ready for some serious emotional discomfort in this one? I've braced myself. Mm. Okay. I mean, I just assume it's going to happen at any point. So. Okay. Oh, there <laughs> Time for a tale of injustice. Invalid gift card and surly staff. Easter Saturday and DJs beyond belief by Adele Ferguson. Mention department stores and customer service in the same breath and everyone has a story. There are laments of too few sales staff, unhelpful staff, clueless staff, and those who treat customers with contempt. Complaints of stores with clothes dumped on the floor, stores holding old stock, or stock that few want to buy. I've experienced all the above, but my experience at the weekend was something else. The first relates to gift cards, the second to a staff member insinuating in front of my daughter that I couldn't be trusted to try on a t-shirt without a long security wire attached. (laughs) (laughs) The gift card angered me. 
the t-shirt incident embarrassed me. From time to time, David Jones offers $20 gift cards as a promotion if a certain amount of money is spent. I received one in December. When I returned to the store on Easter Sunday, <clears throat> Easter Saturday, David Jones was offering a $20 gift card if $200 or more was spent on makeup. When I presented my now few months old $20 gift card, it was rejected as invalid. It turns out it was only valid for one month. <laughs> Nobody told me it had such a short expiry date. The person serving me on Saturday didn't know that the current $20 gift card promotion had a similar time frame until she read the fine print on the back of the card. So the expiry date was on the back of the card the whole time? It's, it's literally free money. What is she complaining about? That, that she got a, a gift card um, like five months ago. Oh, and then she took it into a store without looking at the date on it. Also, well, can, I, can I ask, the, the shirt that she's taken in with the wire attached, right? Is this one of those David Jones shirts that are like... I don't know, I don't, I don't shop at David Jones because I'm not some sort of... You're more of a Maya Money man. person. <laughs> um, but, like, occasionally there'll be, like, a shirt on a mannequin or what have you, and you'll walk up and you go, ah, you know, let's see how the other half lives, and you'll turn the tag over, and it will be 700 Earth dollars. Oh, yeah, it's like when mm. you see, like, a, oh, that's a that's a nice business shirt. I can't imagine that costs too much more than $300, and then you're 14000 Yeah. <laughs> $14,000. Tell you what, David Jones and Maya, that sort of, that shop... It's not a fun experience. Don't go in there. Don't well, do nobody it. does. Nobody does anymore, so Ex we don't have to worry about that. Except for Adele, who seems to be having a bad time. Mm. Having a very bad time. Well, she does get into details about the t-shirt with the wine. So let's, um, let's see where this goes. Because, as we've said, she's already been angered by this gift card situation where she has um, very helpfully taken in a card that she got in December without looking at it once. Uh, has been informed this expired four months ago. Um, and is is now trying to reframe this in her mind as being someone else's fault, somehow. Deceptive and misleading, or just plain tricky? Put, yeah, putting the expiry date all the way over on the back of the card. It might not be illegal, but it doesn't pass the pup test, particularly given the take-up rate of Australians redeeming gift cards. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh... <laughs> The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission declined to comment on the David Jones promotional gift card. <laughs> she, she fucking contacted the C about this. That's how fucking steamed she was. <laughs> but it said the businesses have responsibilities under the Australian Consumer Law not to mislead or deceive customers. Quote, businesses must be clear and upfront to consumers about the conditions of their promotional offices. Offers. Businesses must also clearly state all conditions on a gift card, including the expiry date, said the ACCC in a statement. Uh, so it sounds like David Jones did do that? The, the requirement is they have to have the conditions and the expiry date on the card, which he has clarified they had on the card. I feel like I check that. Like if someone gave me a gift card, I'd be like, oh, let's see how long I've got to use this bad boy. And that's just me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel and if like it I was like that. a month, you'd go, oh, I better get down there. Because um, otherwise, I mean, I'll look at things and think, oh, this is valid for a year. But I also still think I should use this soon. Because otherwise, um, 
that this will just go into a cupboard somewhere for me to find three years later and go, oh, somebody spent like $50 on me and I, I threw it in the toilet. Wow. You ungraceful, Pete. Ungraceful? You ungraceful. ungraceful piece of shit. It's graceless, Ben. Ungraceless. Yeah, you're completely without grace. <clears throat> anyway, getting, getting back to this very sad story here. In an attempt to stem the margin shrinkage, David Jones and Meyer have cut costs. It has created a vicious cycle, which has resulted in deteriorating customer service and therefore fewer customers. On Saturday, the customer service was appalling. I wanted to try on a t-shirt, which had long security wire attached incorrectly. I was fobbed off at three different counters before someone, huffing and puffing, reluctantly agreed to remove the wire. Before handing me the garment, she decided to take it back and put the wire through the arm. When I asked why, she glared at me and said, it would stop it getting stolen. This is not the way to treat a customer. Not at David Jones. No. <laughs> no. I'm spending $14,000 on this show. <laughs> oh, my God. With fewer staff, there has been an increase in shopper theft, which goes to another side effect of cost cutting. In a statement... David Jones said it was normal practice to have wires attached to some of its floor stock as a loss prevention measure. Quote, given this feedback, we will review and refresh our training in this area to ensure the experience is improved for all customers, they said to me after I bothered them about this thing. <laughs> so far, this lady has contacted the ACCC and David Jones themselves um, and written a column in a fucking newspaper. In terms of its gift cards for promotional periods, David Jones said it would look at measures to improve the visibility of validity periods. I certainly won't be rushing back anytime soon. Adele Ferguson is a senior writer. What a sad tale. Just like, if this had happened to me, right? If I had a $20 gift card for fucking David Jones and then I went there and they're like, hey, it's expired. I wouldn't even tell this to a friend. Like, if we were sitting <laughs> yeah. down having beers and someone was like, what have you been up to lately? And I had just come from that experience, I'd be like, oh, yeah, not much. I wouldn't fucking sit down and write 700 words, mm. try to make it part of a broader social issue, because I didn't read the back of a fucking card. Yeah, this is this is after complaining to a bunch of different people in the store, then contacting the ACCC to, to see if... Um, David Jones was wrong for you not looking at the card um, and then contact David Jones themselves and then write a story about it. This lady has clearly given several days of her life <laughs> to, to being extremely mad. Like, uh, there's definitely times um, when I think people would just be really helped out by just letting go of the thing, moving forward with life. Because this to me is is this perfect example of like, what happens with people sometimes is that they have worked out in their head beforehand exactly how they're expecting something to go. And then when it doesn't, uh, they just they just cannot cope with this at all. Um, a, a similar thing. I witnessed a similar thing recently. I was um, transferring my driver's license, right? Um, I've, I've now lived in this uh, territory for several years so I thought the time was right to go down and 
transfer the old driver's license over. And I'm standing at the counter um, in, in this government shop front. And while I'm, I'm getting my stuff sorted out, the, the slot next to me, they, they call up a person. And, um, and it's this sort of retired age looking guy comes up, goes, oh, g'day, I'm here to get my license back. And they said, okay, so what's, what's the deal? And he said, oh, well, it got, got suspended um, six months ago, or, you know, got suspended for six months, and that was more than six months ago, so I've just come in to get it back. Um, and he immediately starts telling the person behind the counter about what had happened, which, as I'm hearing the snippets through the thing that I'm doing, and it sounds a lot like he was, um, like, over, over the blood alcohol limit but like sitting in his car behind the wheel and the cops had come in, had come up and like breathalyzed him um, and, and done him for drunk driving, which he, he found very unfair and which the person behind the counter said, so that's really between you and the police. <laughs> sure. Um, they have then gone on to actually look at his record and have indicated that there is actually a whole host of things that you need to do to get your license back after having had it suspended for drink driving. Um, it's like, you need to go and do like a workshop or whatever and do this paperwork and that sort of stuff. This guy is absolutely not having it. He, <coughs> he is telling them, um, no, no, but it was, it was suspended more than six months ago, so I can have it back now. <coughs> and they're saying, I'm sorry, sir, but you need to do these things. And then he's like, well, let me tell you about how my license got suspended. And we can all agree it's very unfair. Um, I heard the phrase a handful of times. Sir, I, I really can't comment on that. That's between you and the police. <laughs> I heard this so many times. But the whole thing really struck me as um, this guy just had in his head how this was going to go. <coughs> He was going to go down to the to the shop front. Uh, he was going to say, hey, I've just realized I can have my license back now. And they were going to hand it over to him. And while they were handing it over, he would say, I was just sitting in my car. I, I wasn't even driving it. And they came up to me and breathalyzed me. Isn't that crazy? And everybody in the place would have gone, what? Get out of here. That's crazy. They never should have taken it in the first place. And then everyone um, would have stood up and applauded. Yep. Yep very clearly had this whole thing mapped out in his mind beforehand um except that that wasn't how it worked out they didn't give him his license back um but he just really tried to stay on script you know this script that he had written and hadn't informed anybody else about he really tried to just plow ahead with it and that's what i feel that adele has done with this piece uh in her mind she was going to go down and get her 20 dollars that's it that's all she was getting out of this what thing. What can you even get at David Jones? Well, I guess you get $20 off something. But it's not like you could take a $20 gift card into David Jones and leave with an item. You could maybe now, leave with one of the very small Lego sets in the toy section. The small ones that are like seven pieces. A scented candle? Oh, no. I don't know. No. That might run you up to twenty four ninety five. Yeah. Mm. I, I think, though, that like a plate. I should note, you know, obviously... Obviously, I'm not mocking um, anybody's want or need to save $20 on something. But these aren't those people. Anyone shopping at David Jones does not need to save $20 is why it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, as as we discussed earlier, you're already like 
you're already paying like 20% more than any of these things that you're buying are worth because they're selling them to you out of what is theoretically the fancy department store. Although if you go into any like David Jones now, it's just kind of old and sad. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible customer service. <laughs> Someone will make a face at you when removing the security tag from your $14,000 shirt. Now, of course, the one other factor to this that I think is very, very obvious is that if you are going to to write a whole thing complaining about customer service, don't open the article talking about how fucking pissy you were that you didn't get your way about a thing because it makes it very, very clear that you have just been an unreasonable piece of shit through every transaction you've had uh, with anybody at David Jones. So I think we can all very much picture this person being told that their thing is invalid um, and then going on to just, like, harangue every person in the store. Isn't it weird that, like, three staff in a row were all rude to you? I wonder if perhaps, <laughs> I wonder if perhaps you began every interaction with them um, pissily. Who knows? Well, you know, she won't be rushing back anytime soon, as she says. Now, um, we did we did get some questions in the old mailbag. Should we pop a few of them off before we get out of here? Pop them off. Pop, pop. A lot of questions for Lucy. Oh, uh, why? I mean, that's fine. Just for Lucy today. Four hosts. There's always like 12 <clears throat> questions for Theo. It's Theo this, Theo that, every <laughs> bloody week. <laughs> Why doesn't the smart person weigh in on this? <laughs> 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 uh, okay, so um, brand new upgraded wife of the show, TK Donut. Oh. Congrats. Mm. Says, which model of gun from Walmart will Lucy use for the marksmanship portion of her American citizenship test? <laughs> Imagine if there was a marksmanship portion. That'd be incredible. <laughs> oh, there is. That's not a joke. And then the swimsuit competition. So I picture the American citizenship ceremony. <laughs> they were actually held at the same time. <laughs> oh, pick a gun, though. Seriously. I don't know, like an M4? <laughs> I don't know if you can buy M4s at Walmart. I uh, bet you can. Bet you, you can. You probably buy something that looks a lot like one, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we also have a question here from uh, lover of the show, CDK. As a migrant, which job will Lucy steal from a hardworking American? Ooh, can I just take my pick? There's I so many so, yeah. uh, low-paying minimum wage jobs here. I just don't know what to choose from. Hmm. Once I get that green card, it's going to be like, what have I got? I could be a waitress for like $2 an hour. I could work at McDonald's for $11 an hour. They're advertising here. It's very exciting. You get, you get health insurance. Well, look for, look forward country. to that. What a <laughs> nightmare. This country's not great. Don't really hey. want to move here. Well, you are, so. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, we've also got um, a friend of the show, Wodonga Bob. <laughs> sure. This is... <laughs> Wodonga, Wodonga Bob. Albury, Wodonga region. Um, hi, Dr. Lucy. I need some relationship advice. Hello, Wodonga uh, Bob. My 35-year-old male, uh, mum, 70-year-old female, is racist. Oh. What's the best response to the classic being anti-Muslim isn't racist because they're not a race? I tried. Fuck off. 
uh, but I'm scared she doesn't love me anymore. Please help. I feel like we've covered this in that I don't really know what you can do when someone's that old. You know? Just wait it out. Just, wait it. I don't want to elaborate. I wasn't going to say wait it out, but I mean. Oh, sorry. Don't wait it out then. Sorry. Is there End any legitimate <laughs> way to attack this? Do any of you guys think that there is anything to be done about this? Is there any way that you can commit mail fraud to get her voting registration changed to a region where she is not currently residing uh, so that when she shows up to the booth, her vote no longer counts? Is that a thing you can do within the realms of the law? Hmm. Seems good. Um, Mail fraud? Almost certainly not. But you can certainly do it. (laughs) Sure. If you're not worried about the realms of the law part. I think... um, yeah, like part of I think part of the trick with this particular thing, as we've made reference to before, is that things like you know specifically being anti-Muslim isn't racist because they're not a race. Um, like specific arguments like that, I think have been very deliberately crafted by people on the right to be like the the trapdoor out of out of being called racist for something. Mm. Um, I think that they're very, very deliberately crafted as a thing where you can say, "Oh, it's not about that." I'm not against. Um, I'm not against. Uh, what was halal certification? Um, because I'm racist or because I'm Islamophobic, I'm against it because I I don't want my money going towards the certification. You have to pay extra for this thing, which you don't. But that's not the point. Um, people like to try and make out like it's actually about that as opposed to just like, oh, I'm very scared. Stop scratching the carpet, you goddamn cat. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Ruining all my carpet. Just yell Um, yell at your mum like that. Just be like, stop being Islamophobic. Quit it. Stop that racism. Spray her with a water bottle. (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, I don't know, like maybe, maybe the only sort of genuine answer i could give to that is like depending on how how invested you are in this whole thing like you could go away and and do some research into like the types of conspiracy theories that all of this stuff always kind of springs off from you know it always it always starts seemingly innocuous and then it, it immediately jumps off into something really racist and you could, if you wanted to, I suppose, like put together some examples of that sort of stuff of people freaking out about uh, halal certification because they're convinced that it's actually like, you know, money going to the Islamic State and money going to Al Qaeda and shit like that. Because you could put together a handful of examples of that and go, look, you know, pe- people people make these specific arguments. Oh, um, being anti-Muslim isn't racist. Um, because you know they're they're just trying to to keep the dog whistling stuff to an acceptable level, and then once people can identify that they're all in the same racist boat, then they immediately jump off into this type of shit. And you can have your examples, um, but then if at that point you know your mother says yes, they are funding the Islamic State, it, then you probably you probably give up at that point. You know. Uh, friend of the show, Flashman, says, Andrew, what's the best Billy Ocean song, and why is it Love Really Hurts Without You? Uh, and he says, wait, is this an incel anthem? I hope it's not. 
Anyway, that's the wrong answer. The best Billy Ocean song is the song Love Zone uh, from the album Love Zone. Hmm. Just in case anyone was curious about that. Uh, and of course, question from friend of the show, Panos. There isn't nearly enough AFL talk in this podcast. Good. What is each of your number one favorite thing about our native game? Uh, and other friend of the show, Liam Reeves, has replied, Lucy is the only one from a state where it's played. Or legal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I can say those three letters in that order. Because hmm. uh, I believe that might be a crime. Yeah, it's, um, it's not good. The old AFL. I mean, look, lots of people like it. And that's fine. That's fine to me. Um, Lucy's audio has, has dropped out again She's fallen off the edge of the podcast Which is fine It's no big deal um, I, I don't know if she has a team If she has an AFL team But um, Yeah, no, luckily We, we all live in places where uh, Nobody plays Nobody plays AFL Nobody wants to hear about it So um, take that Take that game where everybody runs a lot Is tall and handsome where are the corners? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for joining us, everybody. As always, if you would like uh, an extra episode of the show every week, uh, access to our Discord server, all the other fun benefits that you can get, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Vista. Hey, if you'd just like to support the show, if you just like to sling us a couple of dollars every month, you know, just to say thank you. Just to say thank you for rambling. Barely coherent for an hour. Hey, Lucy's back. Did What's I, your favorite did AFL I miss a great team, question? Lucy? Oh, boy, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we thought. That's, That's what, what I missed. We have, no, we have no AFL opinions on this podcast. None. It's an AFL-free zone. And so, we'll wrap it up. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Don't you believe that I want you? I need you here in my arms. Oh, no, you won't have to worry. I'll spend each day in your charms. Oh, I, I want to kiss you all over. Running my hand through your